I uh, have an image of church. Um, to me, it's a church that prays together, who grieves together. And as I've grown with you guys, as, as we've been here um, for six years, we have, um, y'all have helped us slowly change the, uh, what image of church. So when I think of church, what pops in my head? Because I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, when I thought of church, it was pews and uncomfortable, and like boredom. And um, it wasn't always like community, which is odd because, because the first image of church that we have in Scripture is community. It's, it's people uh, meeting regularly together to pray, to eat together, to share what they had. People sold possessions so that everybody, um, so everyone ha had enough. If you had more, you sold your land so that everyone in the church could have um, enough. I once made that point because the Bible makes it really clear. And a man came up to me after a church and he said, what does socialism have to do with the Bible? Like, ah, I don't, um, a lot. So go okay, away. Um, the church shares. The church um, invites. The church gathers. They, they do things together. Church. Church is not about worship. Church is about worship together. Church isn't about giving. It's about giving together. It's not about, it's not about uh, communing. It's about communing together. And so we do all this stuff together. But sometimes it feels like we're all alone in the pews. Just by ourselves in a crowd. And what it makes me wonder, what's the difference? Between the way they did it and the way we do it sometimes, the way sometimes we're tempted to do it, where we just kind of go to church and we're part of church, but then we, we're, on, we're doing our own thing instead of being a part of the community. What is the difference? And I think it's a, I think it's a key part, and it's actually um, my credit um, thank you, Mike. I, I don't know where Mike is, but Mike didn't steal my sermon. I appreciate it. When, st when start, someone starts reading the text I'm going to be in, I thought, oh no, I'm going to have to change it, and it's not going to be good. Uh, but Mike, Mike, the passage Mike read, there, there's this big sermon Peter gives in which he talks about Jesus being the Messiah, about Jesus uh, being buried, and I love the phrase um, that Mike read about from, from Peter, is the death, and he didn't stay dead because death couldn't hold him. Something that powerful, de death couldn't hold Jesus. But then in Acts 2.36, and we have it on the screen here, Acts 2.36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and and Messiah. This is the gospel message. This Jesus, whom you crucified, is now alive. Remember, death can't hold him. And they have made him Lord and Messiah. We hear Lord, we think Jesus. But they heard Lord, they thought Caesar. They thought king. They thought ruler. This Jesus, whom you crucified, is now the ruler. He is the redemptive, promised king of Israel. Is what they mean when they say Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter, Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, 
what shall we do? What do we do about this? Now, what's crazy is Peter, Peter's a good Jewish man. Follows the law. Has followed a rabbi for three years in Jesus who explained to him the law. And there may be, there, there may, you might think at this point, Peter would say, okay, well, let's go back to the law. Let's get it right now. Let's be good. But Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. So turn away from the way you are going. Be baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you will receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's at this point that I think the key difference is made. When, when Peter promised them forgiveness of sins, you know what they did not ask? Which ones? You know what they didn't ask? For how long is that? How long is that good for? They didn't say, "Well, I mean, what if? What about? What about this situation? What? What if? What if this person does this, and then I don't know? Are they still forgiven? Forgiveness of sins allowed. Now they were ready to do whatever Peter said. Jesus is alive. You crucified him. God's made him Lord and Messiah." What do we do? Make, let's all make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. They would have done that. Like that's when you know you're ready to follow Jesus is that you know, whatever, I, whatever the answer to the question is, what must I do, you do. But when the answer comes back, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins, You got to know that th that forgiveness of sins has power. That it is deep. Which sins? All of them. All of them. For how long? Well, I'm guessing for as long as you need it means for the rest of your life. Cuz I look around the room and I'm only a little better than most of you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> no, we all need it. We all need, like, tomorrow I need to be forgiven. I, the, those of you who are married know forgiveness is awesome when you're receiving it. And very difficult. When you're giving it. Jesus died on the cross to forgive your sins. You are, you are made pure and clean by Jesus. But for some reason, we spend the rest of our life trying to figure out whether or not we're good enough to go to heaven or to, to be a part of the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes Jesus would say, well, you dummy, no, of course you weren't. That's why the cross exists. That's why we have the cross. Of course you're not good enough. 
Jesus wouldn't call you a dummy. I call you a dummy. Jesus wouldn't call you a dummy. He's nicer than that. I call myself a dummy. But I, sometimes I wonder, like, what, how, how big is this forgiveness? It's really big. See, a lot of times, the reason we keep making the same mistakes is because we don't realize we've been forgiven for those mistakes. Now, you may say that doesn't make sense, but listen. It is in our shame that we repeat our sin. It is in our shame. Like when we feel low and, and unloved and unworthy, we will constantly go back to the thing that we think might lift us up. Whether it's addiction, whether it's that, that person you shouldn't be talking to, but you're talking to them anyway. Here, here you are. Maybe it's a relationship that you're having that you shouldn't have because you are married. Maybe it's the way you talk about people, you put them down. Which, guys, this is, I don't know if you know the church trick for that. You just say you're praying for them. And then you can tell anybody anything. I'm, have you heard about Frank? I always panic when I'm trying to think of a name and I can't remember. Who's not here? Who do we not have? We don't have a Frank. Frank. Francisco, that's as close as we can. Have you heard about Frank? Oh, no. Let me tell you. Listen, he needs prayers. Here's every detail of his life. That is sin. And you don't need to come back to that. The reason you do that is because you feel awful about you. It's in shame that we repeat the sin. It's in forgiveness that we find freedom to live faithfully for the kingdom. I don't have fear anymore. I don't have to, I don't have to fear that Jesus is somehow... We, we went to a band competition yesterday. Uh, I, I teach people to hit things with sticks. I'm a percussion teacher at Nashville. This is my first year. It, they go to a lot of competitions. We were at a competition yesterday, and the band walks out there, and they do their thing. And on the field, well, there was one judge walking around the band, which is fine, but there was one walking like through them, being like, they're doing this wrong. Everything he's saying is negative. He's nitpicking the whole time. Left foot, got to be left foot. Right foot, left foot. He's talking the whole time. And we know when we get that back, they're going, we're going to hear the music and just hear critique after critique after critique after critique. I told Rachel they need a positive judge on the field who's like his whole recording and just, guys, this is fantastic. Look at you go. And look at you. That's all he does. But sometimes we think Jesus is that. Like Jesus is walking around, along our life and he's saying, right, no, 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 wrong, wrong, no, no, no. That's all Jesus does. And that God is saying, sin, 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 sin. But that's not God. God's not nitpicking you. 
God's not judging you like that. God judges you through the lens of Jesus. And through the lens of Jesus, you find forgiveness. Through the lens of Jesus, you are made holy. And God sees you like that. When you get to heaven, it's not going to be because you were good. It was because you were Jesus's. And when we wrap our noggins around such a thing, then we have freedom. When, when we aren't afraid to make mistakes. One of the things I tell um, speech, people who are about going to give a speech and they don't, uh, they don't know, um, what, like they, they're just nervous. They're, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. That's what you always hear when someone's giving a speech. I'm like, come hear me in the sermon. I don't think I've ever preached a sermon where I didn't mess up. Where I didn't say something stupid and then just comment on it. But, that is, some of you laughed a little too hard at that. But, the reason, what I always tell them is, when you speak, you have to know that whoever thinks you did bad, you can forgive them. That, that if anything goes wrong, you can forgive the people, and you can forgive yourself. Because then you have no fear. I don't have any fear. I'm going to mess up. Someday, I'm going to fall off of this thing. Not today. But son, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Laugh and help, right? Yeah, okay. Maybe. Maybe later. But we do things poorly when we're afraid. We do things poorly when we feel like we are, we, we've got to earn it and that, oh, he says forgiveness of sins. You will receive the forgiveness of sins. And we say, well, which ones? I don't know about mine. Yes, yours. God can forgive anything. Because this isn't about you getting it right. It's about you belonging to Jesus. And when we get over that, we can have community. That you can come into this place and know that you are loved. Loved. And we're not even saying things like love, love the sinner, hate the sin. Do you know who can't tell the difference? Sinners. They can't tell the difference whenever you hate their sin so much and then you claim to love them. They can't tell it. We, it is not our job to deal with the consequences and the eternal consequences of sin. That's God's. God's going to do that. God's going to convict. Our job is to love our neighbor like God has loved us. We're not putting any qualifiers in there. We're not saying, well, you know, we love them, but, you know, obviously we're not going to approve of. Well, I don't approve of you. And I don't approve of me. We're not where we belong. We are, we, we're not who we need to be, but Jesus, through Jesus, we find forgiveness. And because of that forgiveness, because all across the board, every last one of you is forgiven by God, then every last one of you can, be, can, can feel free and not feel fear. You remember the story of the talents? We don't have this on the board, but you remember the story of the talents? Uh, it's a type of money. We can call it just money. A, a, 
a, a master gives some money to three different servants. And the master says, uh, uh, I'm going to be gone for a while. He said, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you one. Five money. That's what he said. And he goes away for a while and he comes back and he, he says, all right, what happened? Where's my money? And the one that, uh, the one that had five had ten. The one that had three had six. Or two had four, I'm not sure. And then one had buried his in the ground. And then the master says, why did you do that? And he said, because I was afraid. The thing that's going to make you an awful Christian is not necessarily your sin, but it's your fear. Because sin can run to faith, but fear cannot. Fear has to give up and let faith win. The thing that is going to make us a community, and that I think actually does, because I, I really respect you guys as a church and a community, the thing that makes us a community of Christ is that we all feel free to end free that in the service of the kingdom of God, when we mess up, when we don't get it right, when we fail at a ministry, or when we do something and it upsets somebody, that we will find forgiveness in that. And that if we try really hard with the one talent we have, and we don't produce, at least we weren't afraid. We've said before, but here, here, whenever someone says, I don't know if we should do that because I'm afraid that, well, we don't work in fear here. I want to hear statements like, I have faith that God will overcome my brokenness, overcome your brokenness, overcome your shortcomings. God can do that. Forgiveness of sins isn't just, I did a thing and he crossed it off. I did a thing and he crossed it off. I did this thing and this thing and this thing and he crossed it, crossed it, crossed it because he was going sin forgiven, sin forgiven, sin forgiven, sin forgiven. Forgiveness of sins means God sees us differently. And therefore, we're allowed to live ferociously for the kingdom. We are, that, that is our God-given gift. Don't be afraid. You're forgiven. Don't, don't hide whenever you come to church and then slip out the back because you don't want anybody to really get to know you. Because you're forgiven. Ask someone their name. You know what they may say? I've been going here for 80 years. There's only one person. Charlie's been going here for a long time. Florence has been going here. And yes, right, Margaret has. And they've all been going here for a combined 1,000 years. So it's, it's 75 years Charlie has been here. So that's Charlie and Margaret and Florence. And we got a lot who have been here. But a lot of you don't know all these people either. And some of these people have been going here for two or three years. And if you say, hey, it's nice to have you here. Are you a visitor? You say, I've been going here for a long time. Forgive them. Because we don't know everybody's name. And you may have introduced yourself to us three times. But we're thinking about how that song was, or this, the sermon was, or the prayer was. We're thinking about, like, oh, my kid's running around like a crazy person. And you introduced me, and my kid was going, daddy, daddy. Daddy, Daddy, I'm going to ask you again later. 
And we're going to forgive each other. See, that's how forgiveness works. That's how forgiveness thrives a community. But if we're all trying to pretend that we don't need forgiveness, then none of us can know each other really well. Not at all. We can just know the facade. The fake face. That forgiveness of sins builds community, and you can see it in the, in the Acts. If you read further, they were all, all of them, all of them came to Jesus. 3,000 were added to that number, and then they started meeting together and sharing things and becoming a community, and more were added each day. It wasn't because Peter preached a sermon that kept on giving. It's because they felt forgiveness that kept on producing uh, vulnerability and trust and connection and community. If you want to be forgiven, if you need forgiveness, it is free. Jesus will change your life this morning. That whole process will start this morning. And if you're ready, if you're at that point where I will do, I will make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I will do whatever I need to do. To be Jesus. And Peter just says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. For the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is something much more beautiful than I just have joy more. It's I have community in this place. In a place where community doesn't exist all the time. But in, in my church, I have love and community, and forgiveness, and it's a beautiful thing. If you want to join that this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.